just praise God for how he's using our teams here. Like, whether it's our worship team, volunteers, our, our volunteers in the parking lot helping you find a spot if you're new or in, in Harbor Town, man. I love that there is a community of people saying, hey, we want to make you feel welcome. If you're, if you're here today and this is your first time, like, man, welcome. Welcome home. Uh, I, I'm John, if we haven't met yet. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the privilege of getting to lead this incredible ministry. Um, I just want to say welcome. Uh, welcome to 2023. If this is your first time coming to church in 2023, like, man, welcome. Um, it, maybe that's part of a New Year's resolution. Uh, well done. You know, you, you got one in the books, all right? Um, because New Year's resolutions, they don't last that long, right? <laughs> You know, like uh, the average, uh, like is like 30 days. I was reading about this. Like the average New Year's resolution, uh, it only lasts 30 days. It's not that you complete it in 30 days. It's that most people just give up after 30 days, right? Uh, what is a New Year's resolution that you have uh, put out there for yourself? Um, and I can guess that they're probably going to fall into one of three categories. Lose weight, exercise, or eat healthier. All right, um, so raise your hand if that is one of yours, like going into 2023, right? Like we just want to lose some weight, eat healthier, exercise, right? That's cool, uh, and, and that's cool. I hope you make it to next week. That would be great. Um, that's, that's really cool. I am on a health journey, uh, so I join you. I don't call it a resolution. I, I'm on a health journey, all right? It's a, it's a little nicer way to say it, right? I'm on a health journey. Um, I, uh, just keeping, uh, keeping it real with you guys, I want to see an overall improvement in my emotional health, my spiritual health, and my physical health. And so I'm putting some things in place this year to kind of go, okay, I'm going to be intentional about growing in a healthy way, being on a journey in those three buckets, in those three lanes, right? And so a journey can take you all sorts of ways, but I know my end goal. And so on a journey, my journey, um, you know, it may take me on a walk in the woods, all right? Because I like that. I, I like to hang out with God in solitude in uh, in the woods, all right? So my journey may take me on a walk in the woods. It it may take me to uh, digging into a new devotional. Uh, my wife and some friends, we got one. We all said we're going to go through this devotional together. Let's do that. So we're doing that. Um, my uh, health journey um, leads me to, uh, to eating Brussels sprouts. So, uh, so there's that. Um, do you like Brussels sprouts? You know, like... I like Brussels sprouts with the brown sugar and the cheese and like that makes it unhealthy, right? Like um, my journey uh, also takes me to a single serving of Ben and Jerry's. So, and by single serving, I mean the whole pint in one sitting. Because a pint is a single serving, right? I mean, it's on the back. Like it really, uh, serving size, one pint. So, I mean, I feel like if you don't eat the pint all in one sitting, it's just failing, you know, I, that's just me. Again, that's why I'm on a journey. It is a journey that I am on. I join you in your journey. As a, as a community of faith, uh, as a teaching team, we decided that for 2023, we want to go on a journey together with Jesus. Uh, and so if you weren't with us last week, we decided as a teaching team, we're going to spend the whole year talking about 
Jesus. Um, praise God. Yeah, uh, that's a good thing to focus on, right? Uh, Jesus is kind of a big deal, so we should focus on him. We want to look at truly uh, go throughout uh, his life on earth, both fully human and fully divine, and look at how Jesus interacted with the world around him, uh, how he faced some of the challenges of his world, uh, how he like stepped into the messiness of life, and how did he react to it? You know, like, uh, who did he spend his time with? Uh, who did he love, right? Uh, how did he love? Let's look at his habits and his routines and his rhythms. Let's look at his practices. And then for anybody who would be so bold to then choose to follow Jesus, we should then model our habits, practices, life, rhythms then after Jesus, right? And so if we want to be Christians, uh, that, that's a word that's kind of charged, right? And maybe it's not always charged in a good way, if we're being honest. If we want to reclaim that, that, that in its original language, it actually means a little Christ, right? And so if we want to be followers of Christ, little Christ, little Jesuses, we better know like how he acted so we should know how to act, right? So we're going to spend the whole year looking at the life of Jesus. And so uh, man, if you missed last week, I felt like last week was like, it, it was good, y'all, okay? Like, yeah, you appreciated it. it one, like, not because, like, like, any one person. It just it was one of those Sundays that was like, yo, that was, Jesus was up to something. So uh, I just want to continue with that momentum. Like, Jesus is up to something. He's invited us to join him on this journey, hanging out with him. Um, we said, uh, and I want to share this. I'm stepping back. I literally wanted to take a step back for a moment, and I felt my body actually do it. I'm like, I'm going to take a step back and say every week. I think, I think that I should say this every week. If this is your first time here, I want you to know about Jesus, not religion. Right? And, and, and some of you who show up every week, you may get like, you don't have to say that. You said that last week. Yeah, it's not about you. Um, <laughs> it's about the person who's here online or in the room for the first time because it's kind of about them, not you. So, like, if this is your first time here, man, I want you to hear about Jesus. I want you to know that he is for you and he is not against you, okay? I know there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh most of the time, like, it's, it, it's, 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 it's an ugly stuff that, that falls into a category of, like, religion. And it can hurt people. It, it can twist the message of Jesus, and it can be hurtful, and it can just be harmful. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. Before you had your life together, even when you don't have your life together, before you got it all together, which we never get our lives fully together, just so we're all on the same page. Like, before we chose Jesus, before we choose Jesus, Jesus chooses us and says we're enough to die for. And so he died for it. Us, he died for you, even if this is your first time hearing about Jesus, even if this is the first time in a long time that you're hearing about Jesus. Again, he loves you so much that he died for you so that you may have life and have it abundantly in this life and for all eternity. Uh, yeah, you can praise God for that because that's kind of good news. 
I'm ornery today. See, the first service, we didn't have power. Uh, so <laughs> I'm being dead serious. The, the power went out like 12 times, okay? Uh, it was amazing in service, before service, all of it. So we'll see if we have power in the service. We'll see. But I'm ornery. I'm hyped up because I'm operating not on electricity. I'm operating on the power of Jesus, okay? So, um, <laughs> so. Uh, there's a lot of churches out there. There's uh, over 600 in Hamilton County. And so if you're here for the first time or you're checking out Jesus for the first time in a long time, I want you to know about this local church because every local church is, is a little different, right? Every, uh, every vineyard produces a different type of wine, okay, for some of you that understand that reference, right? Every church is a little different. All right, here at this local church, um, we actually want to be a part of a Jesus movement, a Jesus movement that has been going on for over 2,000 years. A Jesus movement that loves God and loves its neighbor because that's the most important thing that Jesus says to do, right? Right, I'm pretty sure that those were his words. Uh, we want anybody who's a part of that movement to be encouraged and empowered and equipped and supported to, to be sent out to show the radical love of Jesus to your sphere of influence wherever you live, work, and play, right? It's not about just coming into a building on a Sunday and consuming something for an hour and 15 minutes and then going about the rest of your life in the outside world looking at you going, you're kind of different for 75 minutes, but then you go back to your old ways. Like, that's not a very good witness, right? So it's about a whole heart, whole life transformation, that people should look at you, and, and like in First Peter, First uh, Peter three fifteen, I think it says that live your life in such a way that it evokes questions that people will ask you, like what is it? What is the hope that you have? That means we have to live a questionable life. Some of you already do that really well. Good job. Like we have to live a questionable life, so that they go, how do you still have hope? There has to be something different about us, something radical about us. That starts with how and who we love. Well, friends, uh, to be a part of a movement like that, to be a part of a community that, uh, that wants to radically love people, that starts with our hearts, right? And we talked about that last week. Um, that's why last week was really good. That's why you should hang out every week with us, right? We, we'd like to hang, like, I think it's a good thing, right, Jason? It's a good thing to hang out every week. Even, even his bride sitting there enjoying her birthday today chooses to be in church on her birthday. <laughs> Praise God. See, if you sit in the spit zone, I call you out. And so some of you may come to the front. Now some of you may move back away from the front. Um, here at Whitewater, uh, we want to do three things this year, and this is what we're going after as part of being a Jesus movement. We want to always gather together, right? Uh, never stop gathering together and celebrating what God is doing in you and through you, right? Celebrating the goodness of God. So we want to gather together on Sundays. That's cool. Uh, we want to build out a network. You've heard us say a network. Friends, it's really simple. It's just a, a, an interconnection of people doing Jesus things uh, all throughout the tri-state region and beyond, all right? So that means connecting people, uh, whether that's through nonprofits or schools or businesses or starting new churches or starting new smaller communities of faith all throughout the tri-state, all working intentionally to love their neighbor really well. Uh, so a network, we wanna do a network. Inside that network is this building. And so we gather people together to celebrate the goodness of God to give him all the glory. And three, we wanna do all of this while chasing after and elevating the next generation, right? Because the next generation is kind of a big deal, right? 
right? They're kind of a big deal. Like they're not only the future, but they're the kind of right now generation. If you've got a problem with your phone, who do you go to to figure it out? I had some friends uh, drop a message to me in the offering box, um, which is, it's fine. Um, <laughs> the offering box is not for your messages. <laughs> Let me just say that. That is not what you're offering up, all right? That, well done. Uh, I had some friends leave me a note that says, you know, well, what about the older generation? Friends, in a disciple-making movement which is what we are focusing on, is becoming disciple of, disciples of Jesus, not consumers of a, of a message. Disciples of Jesus, living out the gospel. You cannot have a disciple-making movement without an older generation. I'll say it nicer, without a more vintage generation. Right? Because Moses had somebody he brought alongside. Jesus had a whole group that he brought alongside. Paul had somebody he brought alongside. There's always someone ahead of you so that you can always have somebody behind you that you're pouring into, the next generation. You have to have both. Just because I say again and again and again and again and again that we're going after the next generation, it's not like, well, where do I fit in? <laughs> she's back. Whoever that was in my head from last week, she's back. And I don't think she left. Her name is Sally from the Valley, all right? What about me, John? What about me? All right, like Sally, there's a place for you. We want to train and equip the Sallys, the vintage generation, that they are really comfortable and confident coming alongside a younger generation and saying, let me help you, right? That's how a disciple-making movement works. So hopefully there will be no more messages like that dropped in the offering box. Thank you. It's like being shady and instructive all at the same time, right? <laughs> Today I'm going to do some teaching. All right, I've got the whiteboard out. I'm going to be Teacher John today. Uh, for those that don't know, I did that for a season. Uh, I was working in the schools teaching. Uh, I know, right? Crazy. Could you imagine Next Gen having me as your teacher? Yo, it <laughs> would have been a good time. So I'm going to do a little teaching today, maybe a little preaching uh, all about God's word. Uh, so uh, for the class today, we're going to make some assumptions, and I know that's dangerous, but uh, class. Um, Jesus said the most important thing in Mark 12, verse 30, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, um, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, what's that last thing he said? He said, no other commandment, nothing else is greater than these, right? So class, our job, if we're going to follow Jesus and, and the greatest commandments, the mo most important things would be at the heart of a Jesus movement. So the most important thing would be to heart God, all right? Emoji heart, heart your neighbor, right? Love God, love your neighbor. That's the most important thing. We got to get that. And I'm going to assume that everybody under the sound of my voice is like we're in. We want to do that. Cool, all right, thank you. You want to, you want to, you get a car and you get a car. Like, cool, we're just going to assume that. I don't know if that's true, judging by, like, the arms crossed kind of posture of some of y'all right now. Uh, if you're feeling it and you actually want to love your neighbor, tell your face and tell your body. I'm feisty today. The power went out, right? So, uh, so great. If that's the case. If we want to love God and we want to love our neighbor with everything we got, right, with everything we got, um, 
Here's a really challenging thing we have to do and we talked about that we have to then take a look at our own heart. First, we have to know how to love ourselves. And that requires a heart check on ourselves. And so we said, you know, God's word took us to searching our hearts, right? To search our hearts, point out anything that's offensive, right? We talked about that. King David did that. He shows us that in Psalm 139. Search our hearts and see if there's anything that is offensive to you. Or other times, there's a time in our lives where it's time to go like all in to I'm going to let the old thing die away and I'm going to become a new creation in Christ, right? There's a, there's a tipping point that happens. Hannah's going to do that today. Hannah's going to be baptized later today in this service. There's another friend who's going to be baptized next week. Maybe you're called to be baptized today or next week. I'll be here. I'll be in the water regardless, okay? So, like, there's a point, and maybe for some, that's a heart check. Search our hearts. For others, it's time for a new heart. God's word says that he will give us a new heart and a new spirit. He'll remove our stony, stubborn heart, and he will give us a tender, responsive heart. He'll make us a new creation, all right, so that we can truly then start loving the way that he loves all assumptions in class time with John. We want to love God. We want to love our neighbor with everything we got. And that requires a daily searching of the heart or a heart transplant. Give us a new heart. Great. If that's the case, what do we do next, right? So now what? Right? That, that's class. You'd want to know now what? I want to do that. I'm going to commit to having God search my heart every day. Now what? What do we do with that? Well, cool, Jesus tells us, right? Jesus says, I want you to take yourselves as a new creation, as a follower of mine, and I want you to then take this message and show it and share it to the world. All right, Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive what power? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Friends, if you grew up in a church of Christ, a Christian church, um, maybe you kind of think the, the Holy Spirit is like ooky-booky weird stuff, all right? Get over it. It's biblical, okay? Not just biblical, it's New Testament biblical. It's Jesus biblical. The Holy Spirit is where we receive our power. He gives us gifts and abilities to then be good witnesses, ambassadors of the gospel, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Meaning you will represent me. You will be the ambassador. You will be the person who applies this. Even greater things you will do, his word says. You, all of you, will then be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what he tells us to do. If you want to love God, if you want to love your neighbor with a new heart, he tells you, go do it. Great, go do it. <laughs> right? Well, what do we do? Uh, you know, like, what do we do with that? Uh, we're supposed to all be missionaries to the Middle East because if you know your geography, these, these are all, you know, in the Middle East. Is that what he's saying? Well, see, the original here, they would have heard that, and they would have heard, yeah, you want us to go to Jerusalem. Those are the people that are already in our faith circle. You want us to go to Judea. Those are people that are in our community of faith. You want us to, this is where it would have broke down when he said Samaria, because Samaria was like this larger region that there's a lot of breakdown in Samaria. They did not like Samarians. We'll talk about that later. And then he says to the ends of the earth, that's crazy. You want us to take us to the world? So to the original hearers, they would have saw this and they would have understood it. But I would argue 
Um, as a good teacher, not that I'm a good teacher, but I think a, a good example would be our, we need to redefine Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria for a context of 2,000 years later, right? So this is what he's saying is it's your circle, right? Those, you know, that are close to you, then those who are like you, those who are different than you, and those that are far. You can keep it on there. I'll stay close, so you stay close. All right, so you can see it there. He, he's calling us to go be witnesses to those that are in our circle, those that are in our community, those that are in our city, and those that are uh, all throughout the world. Also, those that are close to us, those that are like us, those that are different than us, and those that are far from us. Um, I want you to think about right now maybe some people that would fall into these spheres of influence. We all have spheres of influence. Friends, when you unpack your life, which I don't know if you do this on a regular basis, um, when you unpack your life, you realize that you have far-reaching impact, and it actually ripples out all the way to the ends of the earth. Where you shop, where you put your money has an impact. Who you engage with, who you don't engage with, who you invite in, who you don't invite in. Like, go down the list. It impacts every sphere of influence. So I want you to think about, like, who would you put in here, your, your closest circle, right? For some of you, that may be those that are in your house under the same roof. For some people, there's only one person under that roof, and so it doesn't play out. You can't just say that. It's like, who do you invite in to your innermost circle, and then you got your community, right? So who are the people that you choose to hang out with in a community because you have a, a shared, like-minded interest? Some of you might be uh, enthusiasts of uh, tigers that have stripes that uh, play on a gridiron, right? Some of you may like that, and so you have a community of Bengals followers, that, and like, you're like, man, that's my tribe, that's my community, right? You have a, a shared interest. Some of you may, may like to bowl, and so you have a community of bowlers because you're all about throwing rocks, you know? Like, man, that's, those are my people. Uh, some of you may be comic book enthusiasts, and so you have a community of comic book nerds. Like, well done. We can talk about that. I, I'm one of them, right? We can, uh, maybe, maybe you love doing like home makeovers, right? And so every room you walk into, you're like Joanna Gaines, and you're like, man, like, this is just a masterpiece in the making. Like, and it's like, that's your thing. Like, that's your community. People you choose to hang out with because they're like you. Here's where it gets kind of hard. Um, like, if we want to love our neighbor, um, is, like, you want me to be a good neighbor? You want me to love my neighbor that's different than me? Like, Ravens fans today? Like... You want me to love them? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, you want me to love my neighbor? See, here's what Jesus then shows us is like, great, when your heart is transformed for him, then you need to love those that he loved. And who did he love? The Ravens fans. Yeah. Everyone. Man, isn't that crazy? We sang the song up top. He said, for God so loved the world. gum. he said the world. Oh, man. That means that when my heart is transformed to be like his heart, he then calls me to love my neighbor, and my neighbor goes out all through this whole sphere. Every single one of them is then my neighbor. 
Well, that's not good news because I got some neighbors that I don't like. <laughs> that's just me. Maybe, maybe you love all your neighbors. I, I, I don't, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I'm not talking about my next-door neighbors. They're lovely, except when they leave notes on my car. Other than that, like, they're lovely. There's some other people that if in those spheres of influence that I'm not real sure I want to be a good neighbor. And so I would ask the question, well, then who, Jesus, is my neighbor? Which neighbor do you want me to love, right? And you know how you do, not me. I don't ask that question, but you. Like, which neighbor do you want me to love, Jesus? Because I can't love everybody. Like, which one? Well, that's a question that somebody asked Jesus before, thank goodness, so that we could see what his answer was, right? There's a, an expert in, uh, in religion. In the Bible, Jesus records, like we have this recording of this conversation. There's an expert in religion that he asked Jesus a question. Uh, Luke 10, 25, it says an expert in the law. That means Mosaic law. It's like Jewish law, first five books of the Bible, the Torah. An expert stood up to test Jesus. That's crazy. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a big question. What do I do to get an A on the test, right? Well, Jesus replies, what is written in the law? Like, how do you read it, right? Always answer a question with a question. Good teacher move. Uh, The guy answered. This is the expert answering. He said, well, then you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yo, well done, star student. You did a great job. You answered correctly. Then Jesus, like, puts him in his place. Do this and you will live. I didn't know this was life or death. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? This hit me, like, no joke, last service is this, this one, this is the thing that was the fresh bread for me. I'm always, like, smelling, like, when you walk into a house, one of the coolest things is when you smell someone cooking bread, you know, like, and it permeates throughout the house. This was the fresh bread. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. This was the word that came last service. Like, this was life or death. Jesus said, do this and you'll live. Okay, hold on. Do what? Then I got to go back. Do this and you will live. What he, what he just say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, no. Not do this and you'll get it right. Do this and you will live. Jesus' brother, half-brother, by a different daddy. Um, no disrespect, that's just true. It's biology. Jesus' half-brother, he wrote a book. It's the book of James, and he said something similar when it comes to our faith. He says, uh, faith, without putting it in action, is dead. Jesus is saying, hey, love your neighbor, and, and then you'll live. Well, the expert didn't like this, all right? So he wanted to justify himself, and so he says to Jesus, well, then hold on, hold on, hold on, boo. Like, who is my neighbor, right? <laughs> My interpretation of scripture is somewhat questionable when I say things like boo. Um, (laughs) 
In verse 30, uh, Jesus replies, he said, uh, with a story, it's story time with Jesus. Uh, and he says, a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's attacked by some robbers. And this man is, uh, he's stripped of his clothes, uh, he's beaten, and uh, he's left on the side of the road half dead, right? And, and then Jesus says in this story to prove and show who a neighbor is, in the story, you got this guy beaten on the side of the road, and he says a priest walks by. And, and he saw the man on the side of the road, and, and, and he ignored him. He went to the other side of the road, and he kept walking. And then it says a Levite, another person who works in the church, uh, that he came to the place, and he saw the guy who had been beaten and left to die, and he too passed by on the other side of the road. But then a Samaritan comes along, and, and for for those that don't know, it's cool that if you don't know, I want you to know that a Samaritan is someone who is despised by the Jewish culture. All right, it, it was it was a people group that was of a different race, and and Jewish people despised them. They hated them. This is a generations long battle and like conflict between these two races. They despised each other. Horrible bad blood between these two races. It's a good thing that we don't have any issues with between races these days, right? Because we've traveled so far. I was at a place that I'm not going to name, but just a couple days ago, and uh, I was going to this place, uh, and it's a place you got to pay money to have uh, something, uh, to get something in return. And while I'm waiting for, like, the receipt and everything, uh, a brother of mine, and I'm saying a brother because Jesus calls me to love my neighbor. Um, a brother of mine started then referring to uh, folks of a different race in some very hateful ways. And he thought, because I look the way I do, and maybe the, the head also didn't help, um, like, he thought that just because we're in the same town and we maybe look the same, that I would agree with what he was saying, and it made me sick to my stomach, how far we have not come. 2,000 years ago, Jesus is using someone of a different race to teach us what it looks like to love your neighbor. He says, uh, but someone of a different race uh, travels by, and he sees the man who has been beaten and left for dead, and this man... He sees him, and he doesn't walk to the other side of the road. He has pity on him. He goes over to him, and he bandages his wounds. He pours oil and wine on him. And, and, and this man, he puts him on his own donkey. He inconveniences himself. He, he, he brought this man to, like, the, the inn and, and where he could be taken care of. And the next day, meaning, like, he stayed with him through the night to make sure he survives. Like, he, he stayed with him. He, the next day, he takes out money, and he gives it to the innkeeper. And he says, here, make sure that he is healed. Make sure that he is restored and taken care of. And when I come back, I'll reimburse you for any of the extra expenses that you have. I just want to make sure that he's taken care of. He's taken care of someone who would normally be like spitting in his face and hating him. He's taking care of him. Jesus then stops story time, goes back to teacher mode, and goes, which of these three do you think was a neighbor? And like, that's mean, Jesus. 
because he didn't say which of these three was a nice person or which one of these three. He uses the word neighbor on purpose. (laughs) Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in religion answers the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus then finishes the lesson and says, go and do likewise. Go and do. You want to live? Go love your neighbor. Crazy, right? Cool little story in the Bible. Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) Um, There's so much to unpack in that, like what it means to be a neighbor and who our neighbor is, right? Um, I'm not a very good neighbor. <laughs> I'm just going to out myself, okay? I'm not. I win and I lose, all right, when it comes to pass-fail. Uh, there's some spheres that I'm really good at loving, and there's other spheres that I'm not good at loving. Um, how are you? What kind of neighbor are you? And you can keep it generic and in and, and general, you know, like, uh, are you a good neighbor, meaning do you, do you say hi to your neighbor? You know, hi, neighbor. Do you talk to your neighbor more, like, more than just when you're taking out the trash, right? Whether you live in an apartment building and you take your trash out in the hallway or you, or you take your trash can to the end of the driveway. Like, do you, do you say hi to them? Do you talk to your neighbor? Do you, do you know the names of your neighbor? Do you, uh, that, that'd be a way to kind of see what kind of neighbor we are, right? Like, um, do you invite your neighbor over for, for, for a meal? Right? Do you, do, you, do you share meals with your neighbors? Um, do you pray for your neighbor? You'd have to know their name first, but, like, you know, like, do you, do you pray for your neighbor? Uh, that, that'd, be, that'd be a good way to, to, to be a good neighbor. Do you, do you invite them uh, into your faith journey? You know, that'd be, that'd, that'd be another way you could be a good neighbor. Um, come be a part of this thing that, that I do, uh, whether that's throughout the week uh, whether that's somewhere that you uh, volunteer, you serve out in the community, uh, or whether it's, you know, on Sunday, like, do, do you invite them into your faith journey because you believe that this is something that can transform your, you know, your life? It's a good thing. So you invite other people. You invite people to Bengals games and concerts, but why not to church? You know what I mean? Like, there's a breakdown somewhere, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, so it's like, what kind of a neighbor? I'm, I'm not always a good neighbor. I'm not. I want to be better, you know. A C gets degrees, okay. So, in the class of being a better neighbor, I need to know like what's the how do I get a C or above? <laughs> I could go through this. I could be like, so what's really funny? Can I be honest with you for a second? Um, if I was giving myself a grade, uh, I would say uh, B minus uh, A, um, B, uh, C. Um, I'll be nice to myself today, C minus. Isn't that crazy? What's crazy sometimes is those closest to you are the ones you hurt the most. Isn't that stink? Like the first neighbor that we got to love really well are those that are closest to us, right? My, my thing really for the new year was I, I want to be a better husband, a better, a better father, and a better friend. And if I can do those things, then I'm worth following as a leader. And so... Who cares if I'm really good out here, right, if I'm not really good right here? And definitely if I'm not really good right here. So it's like, what kind of a neighbor are you? 
This is, these are questions that we should be asking ourselves if we want to do this, do this, do this. Just assumptions about being a good neighbor. Jesus defines then a neighbor as the one who shows mercy. So how many people in our spheres of influence would define us as a good neighbor? Like, remember I told you, think about the names in your circles. Like, how would they say, like, are you a good neighbor? As defined by not do you return the things that you borrowed, but by how you show mercy and compassion. Not telling them what is right and wrong but by the one who showed mercy. Because that's how Jesus defines neighbor. See, the expert in Jesus' story, he knew, he knew what it meant to, to the answer, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Like he knew, he knew. You know, he knew all the right things to say. He probably went to, to temple more than once a week. He, he probably had a temple Torah study, right, on Wednesday nights at 7. Join us, right? Like, he, he, he probably had, like, all these things that, that helped his mind be full of knowledge. He knew, but all the things he knew did not transform his heart. See, knowing and doing are two radically different things. And, and the expert in the story was like feeling all that conviction that maybe some of you are feeling and maybe that I feel like it, there's, this, there's this conviction. And when we have conviction, we try to deflect, right, and justify. You know how you do how you do? You know, like, like well, who's my neighbor, right? Find the loophole, right? Who, who's my neighbor, right? You know how we do, you know? This guy wanted a definition, a neighbor, to be one that was more convenient and comfortable so that he wouldn't have to change, but that's not how it works in the Jesus economy. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Jesus completely redefines the definition of neighbor. Are we willing to let Jesus completely redefine our definition of neighbor? Knowing and doing are two radically different things. See, uh, the, the, the challenge is, is that uh, religion, religion invites us into, like, the danger of just knowing about things. Like, religion invites us into this dangerous place of just knowing about love. You can know about love, but have, do you actually love? The invitation of Jesus and being in a relationship with Jesus is that he invites us to dangerously show love. Because love is dangerous, right? Right? I mean, it, it, do y'all know this? Like, love is a dangerous thing. It can make you do all sorts of dumb stuff, <laughs> right? Love is a dangerous thing. It, it can cause conflict. It can cause war. It can, like, love can, can turn over empires. Love can start movements, right? Love is a dangerous thing. Uh, there is a movement leader that that we're going to celebrate tomorrow, right? We're going to remember a movement leader, Martin Luther King Jr., right? We remember Martin Luther King Jr. He was a, a movement leader of the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s before he was trying to love too big that he got shot. <laughs> 
He was a movement trying to transform a generation that actually continues to transform generations more than 60 years later. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. He was also a minister. I don't know if you knew that. And he, he was preaching a sermon on love, and I found this message on love that he gave in 1957, and it, and it was fascinating to me. Uh, he talked about the power of love. His words, he said, we must discover the power of love, the power, the redemptive power of love. And when we discover that, we will be able to make this old world a new world. We will be able to make people better. He said, love is the only way. He said that Jesus discovered that. He said not only did Jesus discover that, but military leaders discovered that. He he said uh, that Napoleon, if you ever heard of Napoleon, he was was the leader of the the French uh, Empire, and he said Napoleon discovered the power of love. He said Napoleon said this. He said um, great empires uh, are are built upon and, and depend on force, but long ago Jesus started an empire that depended on Love, and to this day, millions will die for Jesus. What Napoleon didn't know, and what Martin Luther King Jr. didn't know at the time, was that what started as 12 misfits and a rough around the edges rabbi, it turned into a group of 72, and then a group of hundreds, and a group of thousands, and then millions, and then to this day, over 2.2 billion people choose to follow Jesus because of love. Friends, this, this is it. This is the big deal. This is the big thing. Love. Right? God is love. Right? I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. First John. Look it up. Like, this is it. If you don't want to do love, this is probably not going to be your thing. Right? <laughs> love. Friends, there are over 750,000 people who are trapped in darkness and do not know the love of Jesus that probably will never step foot into this address on Route 128. But those same 750,000 people that are just within an hour's reach of us that are disconnected from the love of God, they matter to God. He died for them. So what, how would we reach them? Love. Just praying for them, like just praying, like, Jesus, love those people. We would go to them, right? We would be a good neighbor. We would go into the world being witnesses. In, like, like, we'd go back to how we started, Acts 1-8. You would go to them. You would go be a good neighbor to all those people right, in our, right within an hour's reach, <laughs> We would go to them. We would love them. We would bring light into their darkness, right? Friends, I know it's hard to love people, like especially out here, right? It's hard to love people that are different than you, right? It's hard. Man, it's hard to love the unlovable. It really is. (laughs) But Jesus didn't say, do you, (laughs) boo-boo. Jesus didn't say, go live your truth. I don't even know what that means. 
Like, live your truth. Okay. (laughs) Jesus didn't say any of that. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. It was an invitation to come and die. He said, I want you to die to your selfish ways and your selfish desires, and I want you to follow me. I want you to love who I love. That's, that's, that's what G- Jesus said. Like, like, go love the one that you like and the one that you don't like. Jesus gave us a new commandment. On top of this commandment, he goes, hey, I'm going to make it real simple for you, right? In John 13, 34, he says, I'm going to make it simple. Uh, a new commandment I'm giving you, all right? I know you're kind of simple. He's talking to, to his disciples, not y'all. Like, like, he's talking to me. Like, love each other. That's it. Love each other, right? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not getting all the answers on the test correctly with what you know, but actually by what you do, how you love. The world will know that you're my disciple. Oh, there goes a disciple of Jesus. I see him. They just loved. I see him. I see him. How they loved. Not by right or wrong, but how you loved. Love is the most offensive four-letter word. (laughs) It's really offensive when you get down to it. If you start loving people, especially when you start loving your enemies, right? Because Jesus says, love your enemies, which is even crazier for me to think about. Jesus says, like, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, like, in that way that you'll then be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. He says, like, if you're kind, you know, to, to only your friends, like, how are you any different than anybody else? Like, even pagans do that. He, he's calling us to love in this really radical way. Like, he's calling us to love our enemies, the people that we really, really, really don't like. Do you have those people in mind? <laughs> who's on your list? The people you really, really, really don't like. Am I on it? Like, who's, who's on your list? Like, like, Jesus says, I want you to love them, even them. Love them so much it drives them nuts. <laughs> love them. Love them because, friends, at the end of the day, the reason why they drive you nuts is because they're trapped and lost in darkness. Love them. Shine a light that can break through that darkness. In the same sermon that Dr. King gave in in 1957 came one of his most famous quotes. He said, returning hate for hate only multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness into a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That sounds a lot like Jesus, right? John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. Friends, this is how you build out a network. This is how you start a movement. One person at a time shining light in their darkness in every one of our spheres of influence. I want to close out by having somebody else close us out. I want to invite up one of my friends who helps lead our Hope Network, who is helping connect all of our different communities and partners and individuals, a friend who shines light into the darkness every day. Would you welcome to the platform Jerrica Humphreys? Too many things in my hand. Um, thank you for that. 
we all get to shine light in dark places. So I want to just apply some of what John shared with us, um, our influences. I want us to think about our personal circles and just really figure out in the next couple minutes what we can leave with, how we can leave this space um, knowing a bit more, um, I don't know, what God's asking each of us to do, how he's asking each of, each of us to shine light. So for me personally, God has absolutely called me to um, encourage others and help them find joy in their own lives. So throughout my life experiences, um, he's given me opportunity after opportunity to experience joy um, no matter what. And I know that he has equipped me in that way. And he is going to equip each of you in different ways. Not how he has equipped me, um, but specifically for you. Uh, most of my adult life has been spent within a school system of some sort. If it wasn't my day job, it was my um, passion. And my heart got excited to be in a school some way, somehow. And in 2023, that's no different. I know that God is saying, Jerrica, just continue to walk forward, continue to trust me, and keep chasing after those who are within the schools in our communities. And sorry, but that's going to impact you all too. <laughs> but really, I'm not sorry because it's going to be exciting and amazing. And you've already, if you've been a part of Whitewater for any season, you are already experiencing this church's heartbeat for schools and for the schools that are in our communities. Um, through my limited but enough experience, I've ex I have walked through some darkness in schools. And if you are a part of a school system or a school district, you probably know some of the darkness. But I just want to share a little bit with you quickly um, some darkness that I see in our communities, specifically in our schools. And I'm doing this so that you see... Uh, the need for light. And maybe you don't even need me to point it out, but um, that's going to be like our first step today is seeing the darkness and being bold enough to step into it to shine the light that Jesus has given all of us. So some of the darkness um, I've experienced, and yeah, let me just share some of that. There are hurting kids, period. There are young kids. There are kids that are growing up, about to leave school, who are hurting. They are struggling with broken families. Um, their parents are divorced. They have a parent that's no longer with them, who has walked out, who has died. There are kids who are trying to learn how to grieve the loss of their family members or their loss of teachers. There's a district close to us. They've just lost somebody in their district. Those kids are trying to understand what that means for them. Uh, there are teachers struggling. Um, think about if you're a teacher, you have your own life struggles, right? And then you have these littles who are relying on you, and you take on their struggles too. That's overwhelming. We have um, poverty within our school systems that maybe you're not aware of. And because of that, kids are hungry. It's a, it's a simple thing um, that we might not see. We're overlooking it because it might look like they have it all together. They might look like they have enough money. But there is a serious need in the districts that we serve. Um, financial pressures and under-resourced families, kids who can't um, have shoes for school or the right clothing. Um, I just was talking with a sweet family after last service. They can't pay their rent. They can't keep a job because they don't have gas to get to the job. And it's just this vicious cycle that our families and our communities are struggling with. And there's just darkness all around and it's overwhelming, right? 
where do we even start? Well, there's, because of all of the darkness, there's so many opportunities for light. And John's sweet to say that I shine light wherever I go, but it's Jesus' light. Um, and I have to have you all know that that's within you, too. So it's not just up to me to lead this church and go shine light in our schools. It's up to all of us. All of us live somewhere. All of us work somewhere. All of us play somewhere. We all have opportunities to shine light. So what I, I need out of this moment is for each of you to stop and consider right now where it is that God would have you shine light. For Jerrica, right now, in this next year, it's shining light in schools. And I can't pick one because I love them all. So I'm just going to be here, there, and everywhere. But where is he asking you to shine light? Um, I want to share a story with you guys about a group of people who saw a, a dark need, a group of people who saw a community that needed some hope and some light. Uh, would you just check out this video and we'll come back. Twelve years ago, 25 awesome people from Whitewater Crossing, led by a wonderful woman named Pam Sala, saw a true need in our community. From that need, they started a food pantry that was located on Morgan Road in a small garage. Those people, along with other people, continued to pursue that vision. And through their time and effort, we now have a pantry located here, right inside of Whitewater Crossing, that provides lots of resources for our families. Welcome to the community pantry at Whitewater. It's within these walls that people in our community can come inside to find hope. And that hope is provided in the form of all kinds of things like cereal and syrup to put on their pancakes and many, many items that their family might want and need for nourishment. We also are lucky that we have fresh produce. Sometimes we even have eggs and milk. And we also have toiletries that are often a high needed item. We went from providing 10 bags a week on Morgan Road to families. And now here at Whitewater, we now provide 45 bags a week. We went from 10 backpack clubs bags twice a week. We now provide 150 backpack club bags to people in this community. From those people that had this awesome vision 12 years ago and other people that have followed in their footsteps to provide for our community, we have grown and we now provide so many resources for our wonderful families in our neighborhood. Let's go through the aisles some more because I want you to see the items on the shelves that our partners, just like you at Whitewater Crossing, provide for the guests that come into our pantry. All of these items like macaroni and cheese, peanut butter, and soup, those are items that our guests really, really need. These, the people that come into the pantry live next door in the mobile home communities. They go to school in Southwest, Lawrenceburg, Three Rivers. They come from a wide area. Many, many people are blessed by the donations that are sitting on these shelves. The opportunities don't stop here with food. Our guests then from here have the opportunity to go out into our Life Center to learn about different ways that, that our partnership with the Life Center can bless them in their lives through rent assistance, um, counseling. It is just an awesome opportunity for our families to get the whole package, not just food, but other resources that they can use. 
This is the most awesome opportunity that I have to, yes, provide hope in the community, but also to, I'm the lucky one. I get to see the faces of the kids when they get a backpack club bag, or when we go out on the mobile pantry and we get hugs because the people truly have no food in their refrigerator. All of those little pieces of hope that I get to see just keep me fueled and keep me going to do what needs to be done. Yeah. So today we have an opportunity to shine light, um, a pretty simple way to, to shine light into dark spaces. Uh, 170, I think the video said 150, it's actually 170 students a week receive this little bag of food. Um, so the way I look at it is we have 170 opportunities to shine light this week. So as you leave today, you're going to be given this little card, and it's just a shopping list. It gives you a little bit of information, and it will tell you what we need. If you're able, we would love for you to join us in bringing these items back in the next couple of weeks, and they will go to our community pantry, and then they will go into our schools. They will feed hungry kids, and they will share hope to them in really practical ways. So, um, I'm just going to pray for us, and we're going to worship uh, for just a few more minutes and celebrate life change as Hannah goes all in. So if you would, would you pray with me? God, thank you for the opportunity to read your word, to hear from you. Uh, God, we want to love our neighbors better, and we want to love you better. Uh, so thanks for giving us practical ways to do that today. God, we are so grateful for you and for your son and the light that he brings to this world. We are going to um, just give you space now, God, to continue to move in our lives and in our hearts. We love you. Amen.